Hello there. Welcome. This is a special edition of To a Certain Degree called Odd Numbers. Every other Monday, my guest and I choose a theme, we play some music, and we chat. Do we always stay on topic? Not quite. But it's always a fun talk, and I think you'll like it. The topic for this episode is what we nerd out on. And my guest is Ken Kardatsky of the amazing podcast, Full Frontal Nerdy. I'm going to go off script for a second. We had all sorts of topics on our list of things we wanted to talk about. All this stuff we were going to cover, way more about comics, tons about characters from movies, nerd bullying culture was something I think we both wanted to discuss. My favorite Sega Genesis games, which is something nobody wants to discuss. We constantly got sidetracked, though. And that's kind of the point. Ken is really easy to talk to, and that translates incredibly well to his show, which means he and his co-hosts and guests are really easy to listen to. Go check them out as soon as you're done with this podcast, of course. For more on this episode, please visit toacertaindegree.com. And now, on with the show. Peter, Bjorn, and John on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Good morning. My name is Nick. I am here every week from 7 to 9 a.m. This week is no exception. I'm, I'm here again. And every week I have a very special guest. This week is Ken Kardatsky. Ken, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Oh, I'm so good. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank, Thank you, you very so- much for having me in. No, no, no. Thank you. All right, I'll take okay, it. Okay, good. It can only thank yous can only go one way. That's right. my understanding of thank yous and uh, things of that nature. <laughs> Is that correct? I mean, we'll, we'll go with that. Okay, great. I'm Canadian, so I'm not really sure I understand all of your uh, all uh, of our uh, nuances, customs, and, yes. and yeah. Uh, so did I say the who? Kardashian, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Who the just the song was? I have no idea. Okay, great. Yeah. It was Peter Bjorn and John, uh, and that was from their album Falling Out. It beats me every time. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. I just thought that was appropriate for some reason. Uh, Ken, you are the host or one of the co-hosts, or you are the main person I'm behind. The, yeah, I'm the I'm the main mic on uh, the Full Frontal Nerdy show. A great podcast here um, in and Orlando. I, I do have two great co-hosts with me. You do? Uh, Arthur and Chantal. They're not with me today, but yeah, so we're all, we're all part of a team. If they were here, people who listen to your show on a regular basis know they wouldn't be silent right now. No, no. Like, there's no way they'd be sitting back and just listening to us talk. No. Okay, great. Uh, Chantal will actually be here next month. Sweet. And I'm trying to work on Arthur to not only get up early, but to come out here and to talk to me one-on-one. I think he's a little nervous about that. He likes to be with other people and in a crowd. (laughs) Yeah, that seems like him. Uh, Full Frontal Nerdity has been running for about a year and a half now? Correct, about a year and a half. And uh, already on the Orlando Weekly Best Of list, uh, it turned in uh, number two. Yeah, I was super stoked about that. I was very excited about that. And I would agree. Number one in my heart, number two on the Orlando Weekly list. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what I like about the show, and just to give it a quick plug, if people want to go find it, Full Frontal Nerdity show on all the social medias. And then any of the podcast networks Correct. that you listen to. So that's Apple, that's Google, that's Pitchhead, that's Pandora, that's I'm Stitcher. Not I'm not sure. It say. feels like there's a new one. Every, when I heard CastBox, I yeah. was just like, that's just, that's a fishing There's app. Overcast, there's CastBox, there's <laughs> every, you're right, every month I have to subscribe to another one just to add it there just right. in case. Yep, exactly. But uh, you guys have such good... 
banter. And that's what I like to hear on a show with a lot of different people. Like, right. it's it's one of those things where you were you're listening because you want to be part of that conversation, even if it's in a passive state, like not being on it. Right. But I got to be on it, and it was funny because I, I don't think I told you this, but I was like, I was a little bit starstruck by the level of banter that you guys were having. So I think for the first part of the show that I was on, I think I might have been a little silent. Yeah, it was. Um... I started the show by myself, and I always knew I wanted a co at least a co-host. And then uh, Arthur came on. We had really, and I've known him before. I knew him before he came on the show, and uh, you know, we just were riffing back and forth pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I had it in my head. I was like, okay, I'm kind of interested in. But he approached me after the show and was like, hey, I want a shot. He goes, just give me a shot, and you know, have me on a couple more times. If it works, cool. If not, cool. At that point, I already pretty much knew that he was going to be on, but I, you can't let him know, like, you know, so. Um, keep him on his toes. Keep him on his toes. Yeah, so after a couple couple weeks, I was like, yeah, you're official. You're you're now on the show. Well, uh, Chantal came on, and at first she came on on a trivia episode, and it was, um, you know, she, she definitely had a presence. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. Well, then her and uh, my other friend, Jackie, they both came on together. Kind of talk about, I think, uh, Harry Potter, just, you know, life in general, and the fact that she uh, she's won two Emmys as a producer on a, a local news station. I don't mm-hmm. know if I should say what it is, but... And then uh, afterwards, me and Arthur just kind of both looked at After she left, we both kind of looked at each other. We're like, we might have to see what's going on with this, because this seems like this could be a good fit. So we started having her back in, and it was a good fit. So we're now we're good. And that's Chantal. Yes, yes. Yeah, so what I liked about it, too, <coughs> is I think that... You're, and, and we can go back through where the show came from sure. and then talk about our own things that we nerd out about because okay. that's some of the topics for today. Okay. But the idea was that not to necessarily just have a bunch of people that agree with you or that know exactly what you know. Right. Um, and that's true of your guests as well. You know, for me, Chantal often acts as the audience surrogate where she's asking questions because she doesn't know everything there is to right. know about the MCU or she doesn't know everything about Star Wars, and she might know a lot about Harry Potter, but then, you know, you guys are all acting as an audience surrogate here and there, especially when it comes to your guest, when you're finding out about something you may not know about. We all have our strengths. We all have our weaknesses and things like that, and there are things that Chantal knows everything about, and me and Arthur are just both like, huh? Yeah. And then same with Arthur. He knows, I mean, way more about horror movies, and even when it comes to, like, the actual comic books, he his knowledge is a little bit more in-depth than mine. So uh, when it comes to Star Wars and a couple like anime and stuff like that, I I know way more than both of them and things like that. Um, so together we we all co- we cover most of the bases and mm-hmm. sometimes either whether it's me or Arthur or Chantal, we will play the devil's advocate in a thing of saying like, look, I completely agree with your point. However, I I can see where the other side's point is coming from, so I'm going to argue that point only for the sake of discussion. Yep. Now I could care less whether or not that point is right because I, you know, I agree with your, I agree with you know that point. But just you know, like I said, for the sake of discussion, let's do it. So the name of the show is Full Frontal Nerdity. Yep. You use the term nerd there, like something that you, as a verb, something you nerd out about, something right. you're so into that you just not necessarily you're obnoxious about it. You might be. Yeah. I'm obnoxious about a few things myself. So I mean, just the, the, several. The premise of the show is basically people nerd out about everything. Obviously, there's movies and video games and comic books and things like that. But people also nerd out about cars and sports and 
I mean, we had a, one of my favorite episodes was uh, my buddy Brandon came on and he was obsessed with, uh, he builds his own dollhouses. And if you were that, it's more about the passion you have about a particular project. Right. Like you with 3D printing. I knew nothing about 3D printing before you came in. And now we discussed before the show, I'm buying myself like a top of the line printer for Christmas because I'm that, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing because I got exposed to something. Yeah. Awesome. So that's kind of what we hope to accomplish is to expand people's minds or just have them enjoy something new. Um, another friend uh, came on, uh, Aurora Fable. Uh, she was a burlesque dancer, and she really opened my eyes as to everything that goes on to like burlesque. It's mm-hmm. not just sexy dancing; like there's choreography, and there's a lot. There's a lot to it, and those are the shows that I really enjoy because those are the shows that you know people are truly passionate about something. Yeah, you know, not just oh, I really love DC. What about DC? Do you love? I don't know. I mean, they got good stories. So you know, you obviously like comic books, but you're not diehard passionate about it unlike right. some of these other things so yeah. when you get to learn so much right so you get to be uh, as the you know when then you're serving as the audience right. surrogate uh you're learning a lot about whatever it is that the topic is and again like you're saying like some of the nuances like i've been wanting to have say an architect on because I know, I, I know buildings that I like and I know buildings that look boring to me, but I'm sure even in the boring buildings, what I perceive as boring, they're not actually boring, unless, you know, it's a CPA building, in which right. case it's super boring, um, as we learned from Parks and Rec. And, uh, you know, what are the nuances about that? Right. I don't know if that translates to radio. That might not be a great episode for us. Well, but no, I, I get what you're saying because there's certain art is a great example. And, yeah. you, you know, buildings can be art. Something that I find completely boring, the next person could, it could move them. You know, it truly could talk to their soul to the point that they're saying, hey, this is the most beautiful piece of art ever. And for me, and I'll, I'll name someone, Jackson Pollock. Yeah. It doesn't do it for me. I understand a lot of people enjoy his, his art, and that's great. I'm not going to dismiss what he's done, but to me, it just doesn't do anything for me. Right. It looks... I, I don't even want to say it, but it looks like something I could do just randomly, you know. But if you were to talk to somebody who was an expert on on his life or right. that could give you the depth and feeling of what it is that went into it or along those lines. Right, and it, it could change my my, yep. per, my perspective of it because my perspective is only from the experiences I've had at this point in my life. So if I learn something new, sure, my perspective could change don't think it will in his particular case, but you know what I mean? But there's certain stuff I like, certain stuff I don't, I guess even when it comes to music and things like that, where, yeah. but just because I like it, I, I like it or I don't like it doesn't mean that it's good or bad. It's yeah. just good or bad for me. So. A lot of Jackson Pollock fans that listen to the show. Yeah, so they're right now. Be, yeah, know, pretty upset looking at some of the shows you have coming up or some of the topics that you'd like to cover, what are you looking forward to or what do you like? Oh, I can't wait for this episode or, you know, I'd really like to get an expert or a nerd, somebody who can nerd out about this. Um, so we do have, uh, we have uh, John from uh, a bad sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Actually, sorry. Am I allowed to say that? Bad asses. Yeah. Bad asses uh, sandwiches. Um, and he, uh, he's coming in and, the stuff he comes up with, like when it comes to like cooks and chefs and bakers and things like that, blew my mind. Yeah, I love because I like to cook, and so oh, that yeah. I really enjoy cooking. So those those excite me. Now maybe not as many much to other people, but for me, I'm all about it. 
Uh, we tried to reach out to, uh, I'm blinking on her name, but from Orlando. Oh, uh, Liz know, Dewar. Yeah, Liz. Yeah, she's I try fantastic. To re- I try to reach out to her, and I guess, you know, we're not Facebook friends or anything, so yep. sometimes the messages just get sent, and they stay in the, you know, uh, received messages, but you, right, know, you know what I'm trying unread, to say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Unread. Um, so that's fine. Um, but, like, you know, things like that, like I want to talk to local Orlando cooks and bakers and chefs and stuff like that. That, for me, because I'm a fat kid at heart, I love that stuff. Um, I also wanted to talk to um, Don Price, the the sextant of, uh, oh, yeah. you know, I know he, the sextant of Orlando, and I know he's retired since then, but yeah. he has so many great stories. He does. Just yeah. The stories about Orlando itself, it's amazing. And things like that, that, that gets me excited. Um, of course, you know, we have people that are going to come in and talk about, you know, oh, the new, uh, what's going on in the world of Spider-Man and things like that between Sony and Marvel. And sure, I, I want to talk about that. But it's those particular things that kind of hit home for me because they're a little bit more passionate about it, you know, things like that, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, so th- looking back, I know one of the things I wanted to talk about, one of the things I'd like to talk about with people are comic books. And I don't get too many opportunities sure. to... Do that. Did you read comics as a kid? I did. Uh, X-Men. Yep. Through and through. X-Force. Uh, Matt had Cable and, you know, yeah. even Deadpool to an extent and stuff so like, like that. like the 90s run? Kind of the 90s yeah. runs. Um, a little bit of Batman and some Spy- uh, Spider-Man and some uh, Superman. The problem was that I was getting my, my comic books from Sam's Club when oh, they were okay. on sale. Yeah. So they weren't uh, sequential. Consecutive, yeah. Yeah, so... I'm getting the story all out of uh, all out of whack. It was no good because um, I, I was growing up on military bases or just offside military bases, so yeah. there wasn't a ton of comic book shops there. So it wasn't until I kind of hit college where I was really able to embrace more of my nerdy side. Because even in high school, I was if you would have met knew me in high school, I was a jock. Oh, okay, but I was a jock on Friday playing football. And weightlifting with my friends and stuff like that. Then on Saturday or Sunday, I go over to my friend's house and be playing Dungeons and Dragons. Ah, gotcha. You know, so I was like a closet nerd. Very nice. Yeah. And then the uh, same with like, we played Dungeons and Dragons. We played the Star Wars role-playing game, things like that. Um, I mean, video games, but back then, even back then, if you were a guy playing video games in high school, that wasn't really nerdy. You know, you're just playing... Uh, I don't know, Sonic or something yeah, like that. You or know, Madden or something. Or Madden, you know, lines, so... Yeah wasn't really considered that nerdy yeah so yeah because there's now i think you we've come to a point now where we've embraced the weird where it's okay to be a little bit off it's okay to have those kinds of like looking back at it you know it wasn't that it wasn't cool to collect comics or do any of those things it just wasn't as acceptable um yeah i would say it was a little bit less acceptable yeah um, but then it also went case by case because if you had the, let's just say you had the quarterback of the high school team, you know, the, the, the most popular guy, and all of a sudden it came out that he was collecting comic books, nobody would care. And it would be cool. But if you had the guy that was, uh, I don't know, uh, captain of the AV club or something like that. Right. And they were like, well, typical nerd. But well, now, but like you said, now it's a little bit more accepted. Like, oh, he collects comic books. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And... Or 3D printing or any right, right. of those other things. Yeah, I just, yeah, I, I missed my window to be born, I think. I, I was born oh, yeah. in the 70s and grew up in the 80s. So um, my introduction, I wanted to intro, uh, just talk about this because I think it's hilarious. My introduction to comic book collecting in the 80s was 
Marvel's New Universe line. Okay. Which I went back and did some research. There was a, a, a line of comics. They were like, Marvel was struggling in the 80s and 90s. Correct. And they were trying a bunch of new stuff. And so they just launched a separate universe altogether. Eventually they did, I think, bring in a couple of the characters into the regular universe. But they called it the New Universe. And one of the uh, uh, comics was called Psy Force, P-S-I Force. I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, so there was this event that happens, this deuce ex machina that happened that uh, some people got powers on the Earth. It was called okay. the White Event. Just <coughs> this sudden flash, everybody went unconscious or maybe something like that, and then okay. a bunch of people ended up with superpowers. So Cyforce was their version of X-Men. Okay. And I didn't realize there was a better... X-Men out there than Cyforce until I started reading X-Men. Right. And then I was like, oh, Cyforce is dumb. But this is, it, like, the line couldn't be any more 80s if it tried. I just was looking through it. Here's um, one of them was called, another one from this universe, new universe line was called Justice. Uh, and I pulled these from Wikipedia. I'm not writing these originally. The titular hero is an alien knight Exiled to Earth by his enemies, with no way to return to his home dimension, he meets out justice to evildoers everywhere. So it's yeah. uh, there's your Batman, and this was my favorite though. Kickers Inc. Uh, Kickers Inc. is a group of heroes for hire, all former pro football players, led by Jack Magnaconte, <laughs> who gained superhuman strength, speed, and invulnerability after the White Event right. at the cost of his brother's life. I kind of want to go back. There was 12 issues of that and get that just to have it. Right. Because that sounds a lot of fun. Okay. Um, and I was one of those kids in the 80s that was like, once I got into comics, I was like, oh, these are literature. Right. Like, we should be taking these more seriously. So I'm glad we're finally at that point. I'm sorry it missed me by 30 years, but I'm okay with it. I've, yeah, I've it, embraced that. Anything that helps kids read yeah. in general is a good thing. You know, and... There are complex storylines and things like that. I know if you, there's multiple levels to comic books, if you will. There's face value that it's a bunch of guys beating up each other. No big deal. Then there's a, another level where there's an over... Uh, I guess I'm trying to think of the right words, but an arc, story arc. Mm -hmm. And then if you start to read behind it even even more, you know they're, they're dealing with some serious problems. Like you had uh, Tony Stark had alcoholism and, um, I mean, there's like kids that were abused and things like that. They're, they're, they're trying to deal with social issues, but in the realm of comic books, I mean, they're not forcing it down your, your throat, but they're kind of exposing people to it to say, hey, this does happen to real people. You know, this happens to Tony Stark. It could mm -hmm. happen, you know, if your dad's an alcoholic, you know, help him or, you know, do what you can to help him. Here's what, you know, you can relate to somebody who's going through that Correct. or you can yeah. see that, that it's not just you right. out there doing those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I think you guys were covering on the last episode that just came out with uh, your guest, William, yep. uh, who came into the studio, is sort of the rehashing of the same story or the yeah. rehashing of the comic book characters specifically. So, for example, in the 90s, uh, Peter Parker got married uh, to Mary Jane Parker yep. uh, or Mary Jane, whatever her name was beforehand. And you know, people couldn't relate. Like, if you're trying to find new readers, trying to relate to a Peter Parker who's married and happy and, 
you know, I think in some cases gets a job and has all these issues going on isn't as fun. So you have to sort of do a reboot for something like that. What I think is, do you think they're finding a balance between rebooting these characters? And I'll use the Spider-Man movies as an example versus coming out with at least different IP, maybe not new IP, but uh, intellectual property that hasn't been done yet. I think Marvel is trying really hard to promote new IPs. And I say new to the cinematic world, mm-hmm. like uh, Moon Knight and some of these other ones that... The Eternals. The Eternals. They're, you know, they're, they're, trying, they're trying to promote these newer things to the cinematic world. They're not new to the comic book world, but sure. they're new to the cinematic. Um, now, that being said, there's certain characters, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, they're never going to go away. So the only way to get a fresh start is reboot. Um, you know, and I did like the take of like when it came to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. how they addressed it were, hey, this isn't the same story being rebooted. This is multiple universes, multiple galaxies or, you know, parallel universes, if you, if you will. You can introduce it that way. And right. that way you can have Nick Cage become a Spider-Man and have right. it fairly realistic. And they do a pretty good job about it. I don't mind when they reboot, like Spider-Man, when they rebooted and Miles Morales came around mm-hmm. because it's a whole new person. So it's a whole new story. There's only so much I'm, for me, and once again, it's my opinion, to change Peter Parker's origin story. Like now it's Aunt May that dies. And I'm like, well, you know. Sure. There's certain things that I like to be true, you know, because it's always been that way. But there, there's other ways, too. Like with Superman, there was a really interesting story. I think it was called Red Sun, where instead of landing in Kansas, for whatever reason, you know, he lands in Russia. Yeah. And so now he's no longer the beacon of peace and hope for America. He is, he's part of the the old, uh, you know, the Iron, uh, Curtain. Iron Curtain. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, those what-if storylines are interesting to explore, too, because it's... <laughs> It's a matter of taking what you know and turning it on its head and saying, okay, if this were to happen in these right. you know, circumstances instead. Um, same thing could be said for, what was that movie that just came out recently where if the Superman type oh, of character... Brightburn. Brightburn, yeah. Um, you know, what if he just didn't become or, or didn't uh, ever gain some humanity and just became a jerk? Yeah, and that, it was kind of interesting. Now, I wish they would have did a little bit more of the turn. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he was bullied. He was a bullied kid and things like that, and all of a sudden he got his powers. So he starts back by trying to fight back the bullies. Yeah. And when you're Superman, fighting back against the bullies can be a little a devastating. It's process, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of my favorite movies, it's kind of one of those what-ifs, but it's a, it was a comic book line, and they did do an animated movie about it. It was called The Flashpoint Paradox. Oh, yeah. So Barry Allen goes back in time to save his mother. But by doing that, he creates a time echo or time ripple. So he changes everything. Um, Superman lands in D.C. and they find him as a baby, realize what he is, and they, they just hide him. So now he's you know, hidden. Uh, Barry Allen never becomes the Flash. Right. Instead of Bruce Wayne living, it was Thomas Wayne, his father, that lives. Right. Uh, the mother lives, too. It's only Bruce Wayne that dies. Yeah. So the mother becomes the Joker because she's so insanely distraught about what happened. Yeah. And the dad is the dad is now Batman. And the dad, oh, he's guns blazing, just 
he, he oh, very violent. Very Batman. violent. Yeah. Um, so many things that I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Like, I wish, yeah. you know, I want to read this whole, the whole story instead of like the animated story, the animated movie where they have to condense it down to an hour and a half. Right. And he but, goes back and redoes everything right. like it happened. Yeah. And um, The Flash is one of my favorites just because of his personality, but also the fact that, yeah, he can go back and change things if he wants to, but then there's, he's not the only speedster. So there's always, there's always a, a back and forth, if you will. Well, let's take a break. Thank okay. you for that. And we'll listen to a song about The Flash. Cool. Uh, so this is Jim's Big Ego with the ballad of Barry Allen. This was one that you picked. Yep. So do you have anything to say about this one in particular? I was pretty stoked about it. And uh, I reached out to the artist member at one point, and they were okay with me playing it on my song, my, my show. So listen to them if you like them. Uh, follow them on uh, all social media. All right. And there's, I, I think I listened to a little bit of this, and I'll listen to it again at, at some point in the future. But there's a lot of little um double meanings oh absolutely yeah absolutely so it's a really good song yeah i thought it was a really nice one so yeah jim's big ego the ballad of barry allen on wprk warner park florida you're listening to odd numbers you there listening to this podcast what day is it the day you went into your podcast provider of choice and subscribed to this podcast and maybe even left a rating or review? I know, you hate being asked this as much as I hate asking. It's the podcast equivalent of an NPR silent drive. I will thank you personally, though, if you take the time to do that. I will bestow gifts on you. I will. Leave an honest, honest rating or review, and I will send you a typewritten letter with a bonus of some kind. Now, back to the show. Jim's Big Ego on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, from their 20... Oh, I'm sorry, their 2003 album. They're everywhere. The Ballad of Barry Allen. Good morning, my name is Nick. You're listening to Odd Numbers. I do this every week. Every week, special guest, Ken Kardatsky is here. Good morning, Ken. Morning. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Good. Yeah, I'm fighting a little bit of a cold, but, you know... Stop it. Did stop, that help? Stop fighting it? No, no, no. Stop stop having a cold. Oh, okay. I feel like if I yell at you or at the cold itself, maybe that would work. It might work. I am an established radio personality, so colds, okay. viruses, bacteria, and bacterium. I'm not sure what the plural is. Bacteria, I guess, so, should listen to me. So I need to record your voice saying that. Yeah. And if I start to get sick, just play it real close to my body. and then Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I'm sure that'll work. Ken, you're here from... Full Frontal Nerdity, a podcast here in Central Florida, but with not just a Central Florida podcast. It has some uh, appeal outside of Central we, Florida. We actually have a decent following in uh, England. Nice. And then uh, up in uh, North Dakota as well. Out of I, I, There's so many things I want to talk to you about. I'm probably going to have to have you back on because sure. there's, there's nerdy stuff that I want to talk about. But there's also podcast stuff sure. that I want to talk about. So you guys were just voted number two, uh, local best podcast in Orlando Weekly, and I think it's much deserved because it's a. You guys have great banter, um, you have great guests, and you talk about things in a way that people understand it. Right. So again, just talking, thinking about the way that you guys talk to one another. It's one of those conversations that I like listening to because I feel like I'm a part of it. Okay. So that is the reason I want to listen to it. But as far as podcasting itself goes, like how difficult was it for you to get into it? And 
how difficult is it for you to maintain it? So getting into it, it, it was definitely difficult to get into it. Uh, but I did have a lot of friends that already had podcasts. And there is a local uh, group called the Podcast Mafia. And that they were a huge help. You know, they, basically, and I asked a lot of questions. And people kind of joked about how many questions I was asking. But mm -hmm. I go, look, I want to, I don't want to be stumbling through this, you know. So rather than feel like, you, oh, people think I'm dumb if I ask questions, you're just like, no, why would people feel right. that way? Let me ask I'm the questions. Very much, though, I will ask the stupid questions because if I don't know the answer, then I'm the stupid one. <laughs> you know like you know what I mean? Like if I don't know the answer and someone else does, I'm stupid to not get that answer yeah, from them. that's true. Now, if I have to keep asking that question, sure. <laughs> okay, now judge me a little bit. But, you know, there's certain things that, um, you know, let's just say... Uh, I can't think of an example off the top of my so head. A microphone, right. the type of microphone. So, and even then to say, hey, what's the difference between a $40 microphone and a $100 microphone? And they, most people's joke was $60. And I'm like, okay. You know, they're, they're saying, look, as long as you go with a good brand or something like that, that that's what matters. Or more, more so in the case of really spend a little bit more on your microphones, maybe not as much as your headphones. Because the headphones, while important, as we talked earlier, you technically could kind of do it without it. Yeah, as long as you can hear and right. people aren't yelling. Um, now, whoever's doing your producing should have the headphones because that way they right. can make sure the levels are good. Because anything you can do in the front end to make your editing easier on the back end, all about, all about it for me. Now, as far as maintaining it, I am a little bit of a little OCD about the audio quality of my show. So I do a lot of editing and things like that. There's mm -hmm. too many too much of a long too long of a break or there's too many ums or th things like that i'll take them out because for me it, that would bother me listening to a show sure so i want to make a, a good quality product that someone else would enjoy um it's gotten easier because in the beginning like when arthur first joined the show it got rough because we didn't know each other's cadences and things like that and you had to pick up and then once we got going then we added chantal so once again we had it now the three of us have a very good rhythm between the three of us. So as far, if it was the three of us on the show, really not much editing and have to do at all. Uh, when you add a guest into the show, depending on, you know, th their style, sometimes they like to talk a lot. Sometimes they don't really, sometimes you have to pry stuff out of them. Um, we've had some where uh, host of another, like they're a host of another show. So they're used to leading. Oh yeah. And so they kind of take over. They kind of take bit. over, so I kind of have to adjust a little bit and try to like, you know, remind them say, "Hey, this is <laughs> this isn't your show." Um and when I go on other people's shows, I will quickly because I know I'm guilty of it too. I'll say, "Hey, if I start talking too much or I start trying to take control, just hold up one finger. Mm -hmm. Whatever finger you want, you know. I know which finger they're probably going to give me, but you know, just hold up a finger and that will kind of wake me up to say, "Oh yeah, sorry. This isn't this isn't my my show." I liked when I was on and <coughs> there were a couple of times that I was trying to take over and you just had that spray bottle. Yeah. So that was really nice. I thought that was a good touch. We've, uh, since with the new studio upgrade, we've, yeah. uh, we've installed electroid, uh, electrodes or, you know, what I'm talking about like little electric uh, things in the yeah. bottom of the chairs. Oh, perfect. So I just push and it just shocks yeah. you a little bit and it's good, uh, B roll because I get to hear, I get a woo. Yeah, little woo yeah. out of you. So yeah. <laughs> um, I might like, just do that just to get an electric shock every <laughs> once in a while. I just need to wake up. Can you give me one? of? Oh, thank you. That's my coffee in the morning. Yeah. 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 I just go sit in there real quick, shock myself. I'm like, all right, I'm up. I like that. Um, no, I mean, it's, like I said, it really comes down to, in the case of when we had Daniel Dennis in there, I don't think I had to edit one thing. Because mm -hmm. he, he knew exactly what he was doing. So, you know, 
everything just flowed very well. Um, now, in the case of, say, uh, and I'll, I'll use her as an example because she has to forgive me. My sister, when she was on the show, she wasn't as sure, so there was a lot of, you know, empty space and stuff like that. So it was a little bit more edit heavy. Pauses. And a little more pauses and things and, like that. Yeah. And that was when Arthur was still pretty fresh on the show, so he we didn't really have him come on. And it was before Chantal, so it was just one-on-one. So it was a little bit not the best show. And I'm not saying anything against her. It was just that's not what she does. Yeah. So, you know, it was kind of hard to get her to do that with, you know, just one-on-one. It's interesting either hosting a show or uh, being a guest on a show is that idea of that empty space. So you notice maybe over the course of time after doing this for three years, I definitely am still doing the ums and so and like trying to catch my breath mentally. But... I'm also filling that space like I that idea of empty dead air right is uh, you know bad to me but at the same time some awkward pauses some thoughtful pauses aren't necessarily a bad thing either so I'm getting a little bit better at it yeah if it adds to the 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 uh, I'm trying to think almost of, drama it adds to the yeah. drama of it sure I'm going to leave it yeah. in yeah uh but sometimes you know we'll have people ask us a question and then none of us have an answer and we're like uh and it's like a 20-second, uh, yeah, that gets dropped down to five seconds because that's too long. Um, and then it's funny because when you edit it, and as I'm sure you know, you pick up things that you do that you never knew you did. Oh, sure. I used to smack my lips before every time I talk. I go, never knew, noticed I did it until every time before I would speak, there'd be a tiny little peak. And I was like, what? Did you try to edit that out at any point? I would edit it out. And then eventually, oh, my goodness. And eventually... <coughs> Um, those coughs too. I would probably edit those coughs. Oh, off I'm too. probably going to do that. Yeah. Uh, so, but then eventually, I just stopped doing it. Subconsciously, I got myself to stop doing it. Well, I, I actually, I think it was probably consciously. You had to go through that a little bit of both, yeah. yeah. And you know, really think about the ums and ahs, and really think about the uh, filling of that space and and that sort of thing. The worst was uh, we did a at one point we did a D and D podcast as well. And it there and unfortunately the data got lost and you can't recreate what has already happened. Yeah. And that's on me. I didn't back up everything up, tr- you know, double and triple back it up on me. And I'm an IT guy, so I should have known better. But uh yeah, the listening to myself on that one where I was like, and um 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 like because you're really you're really free flowing that. Cause I could say, all right, I need to get us from point A to point B. Sure. But how we get from point A to point B is on to my players. So sometimes they will really throw you a really big curveball. Where you're, you're like, okay, there's a giant chest in the center of the room. They're like, it's obviously trapped. Move on. And I'm like, you need something out of that chest. Like, but you can't say it. So they move on to the point they can't get past. And then finally, I'm like, your divine spirit, uh, your God, reaches down and talks to you and says, open the chest, dummy. Nice. Like, oh, we got to go all the way back. I'm like, yes, yes, you do. Like, there's a whole reason why you put put it why there. Would the fr- you? Why else would you see a chest? Yeah. I mean, but I also would put it there to trap. You know, to yeah, be a course, trap. But you know, it could be fifty fifty. But you could also gingerly open it with a sword, like from a distance or something. I don't know. So there's a couple people you probably want to kill off as well. So you want to put some traps in like that. I could it, see that. It does happen. Um, I have to keep people on their toes and things like that. And so I DM a regular game and stuff like that. And Occasionally, yeah, like they get complacent. They stop checking for traps. And I'm like, okay, cool. So the next session, there's going to be a trap. 
And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, you take 8d20 eight, eight worth of damage. And they're like, that could kill. I go, should have been checking. You know. Always check for traps. Always check for traps. scorpions. Well, you know, scorpions depends. You could make it your pet. Oh, that's a it, good point. It depends what your animal handling skill is. Yes. Yes. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Good point. Uh, I, there's so many, again, there's so many things to talk about. One of the ideas that you came up with for a topic was sort of these origin stories. We have an MCU, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe sure. movie coming out, Black Widow. So it's going to be backstory. Uh, they announced, I think, this weekend that there's a potential for Robert Downey Jr. to make an appearance to reprise his role as Iron Man. I did hear that. Yeah. Uh, and I, interesting, but this is a backstory. This is not going to push any story further along, I don't think. I mean, there might be some stuff there right. that helps along, or maybe they introduce somehow the Eternals in this movie as an after credit scene or somehow mention it. But this is really just a backstory about Black Widow, which so, I'm glad to see. So the thing with... Uh, Tony Stark, and I, I can't, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that they're going to be using, he won't actually be in it. Okay. He'll, he'll be in it, but it'll be lost scenes from other movies. Gotcha, gotcha. So it'll be Tony Stark from Civil War, scenes from Civil War that they cut out. So, yes, he's in it, but he isn't actually signing up for it. But again, just because of, and I don't want to spoil anything, what happened in right. Endgame, that was an interesting concept. I don't know this I, in I terms kinda, of backstory. I kind of like the idea, though, of, you know, leaving it where it left at the end of Endgame. Because it was such a dramatic ending mm -hmm. that now if he's, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but you know, you know what I'm trying to go with this. Well, and I struggled with that, too, for Captain Marvel. Because I was like, you know, she's going to, we're doing backstory now. We get a little bit more of Nick Fury and how he came to be in, right. in S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that. But I... You know, does it help or does it just fill in some gaps here and there? It's a because it's, we already know what happens to all of these characters in the future. Correct, and that's my problem with prequels, almost as a whole. Yeah, you know, they're going to put Black Widow in all this danger, and it's like, oh, she's not going to make it. Yeah, she is. Yeah, no, we know she's she's, make she's it. in five, six more movies after this. <laughs> um, the same with, uh, you know, I'm not anyone surprised about this. I they can they can email me and be mad at me, but. You know, when Spider-Man gets snapped in uh, uh, Infinity War. Yeah. Well, you know he's coming back because they yeah. already announced his next movie. Like, it, it, it has to happen. Right. So, same with uh, Black Panther and Doctor Strange. You know, there's all these people that they've already announced the sequels to their movies. But, technically, at that point, they were dead. Yeah. So, it's like, obviously, you know something's going to happen. But I think to your point with I mean, that was one thing right. they're trying to do this big event, which is not uncommon in comic books. Uh, and now they're kind of translating it to the movies. But uh, to your point about the prequels, yeah, essentially it's like, what are the stakes right. in something like that? So other than to see an interesting story and then maybe if you were going to watch it in, uh, in consecutive order, right. in the actual chronological order, then, oh, okay, there might be some tension there because... You're getting Black Widow before before Iron Man two or whenever it right. was, whatever the timing is. I can't remember. So the uh, one of the prequel things I will say that actually I felt got it right was Rogue One. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure, because it was a great movie. Now, granted, you knew you kind of knew what the ending was most likely going to be. I was still surprised by it, well, mostly because you don't ever hear of any of these people again. Right. Um, but 
it was done very well to the point that I feel it did add a lot to the story. Yeah. Now, an unpopular opinion, Solo, I was not a fan of the movie Solo mm-hmm. because it didn't add anything to the story. And it seemed like, I, I think there were a lot of production problems right. with it, but they also, setting it up for a sequel was just a big issue for me. Right. Well, for so me... Just make it a one-shot. What set the tone for me and was when they gave him his last name. They said, Han, you're traveling by yourself, alone, solo. Your name will now be Han Solo. And I was like, What? Like too, the, too gimmicky. Too gimmicky. And, I'm, and then, sure. Now, someone told me this, and I will agree with them. It was a good movie. It was not a good Star Wars movie. Yeah. So that's a good way to put it. Like, if you go into it, it was an enjoyable movie. But for me, it didn't add anything to the Han Solo story. If anything, it took stuff away from me. I could see that. And had it been about any other sort of bounty hunter, if you could right. take some things in and out of it, like had that been just one of the Star Wars uh, trilogies they're talking about doing right. or one shots like the guys from Game of Thrones are doing or uh, the guy that ruined uh, Episode 8 is doing. Um, sorry, I'm going to go ahead and say no, that that's fine. because he totally did. I think you could have gotten away with that. But because it's Han Solo, because it's this iconic character... And because essentially, you know, disregarding the books for a second, he's only been in a few movies. So we create this backstory in our heads about who this guy is. Right. And so when you create a movie of his backstory, it's probably not going to live up to that in our heads. And so you brought up the books. I'm a huge, I read 100 plus of the Star Wars Legends, as they're calling it now. And it drives me nuts that, that that's I get why Disney had to do what they had to do. Sure. Because to get to where they wanted to start this story, too yeah. much too much had happened. Oh, yeah. You can't you can't explain Luke getting married to Mara Jade and, you know, Han and, Han and Leia getting married and having three kids and then, you know, the twins and then Anakin and things like that. You know, there's certain stuff you can't... There's, there's no recap that's going to cover all that. And there's no way to make those movies. Right, without... And concisely. If they had done it sooner, like Heir to the Empire, that trilogy yeah. was a great, but that needed to be done years ago. After. Yep. Years ago. Even when they were young enough to even semi-pass for just a, couple year, a couple years yep. older. But now they were just, all the characters are just too old to try to, okay, now instead of 22, I'm 25. You know, they, no, I'm 55. Like, I can't play 25 anymore. Um, but I don't know. It, I, I do like how they Disney has brought back Thrawn. Uh, they have brought back a uh, couple of the other characters and things like that. Yeah, and some of the animated shows. Yeah. And I'm interested to see what the Mandalorian is going to look like. Same. Because, again, it's, it's, it's not Boba Fett. Because Correct. if you tried to do a Boba Fett story, it would ruin the, the image of that character that we have in our heads. Like, he was barely in the two movies and became one of the most popular characters. Correct. He had... a I don't know if you ever listened to epic rap battles of history, but they have a line where it's like, you know, you're one of the most overrated characters ever. You've had three lines in the series, and one of them was, ah, yeah. you know. <laughs> it, no, that's absolutely true. But yeah. when it comes to, so I'm not going to defend episode eight, but you could argue either way. So it could, when seven came out, JJ did all this wild, crazy stuff, but it had no game plan. 
So Ryan Johnson came in, and he unfortunately got handed this mess. So he tried to focus it, I guess. So you could put the blame on Ryan Johnson, or you could put the blame on JJ, because neither of them really had a plan. And now we're going into episode nine, and God knows what's going to happen. And I'm so excited, but I'm also so nervous, because I'm scared that Disney is just going to destroy something that I love so much. Do you think that this is symbolic or this is because of Disney wanting to create these things too quickly? So they bought LucasArts or Lucasfilm or LucasArts, yeah. whatever it was, but or they bought the IP, uh, the Star Wars intellectual property. And they said, okay, we have to start making something with this. Let's make movies every two years. Let's add the new trilogy, seven, eight, nine. Let's add it uh, every two years instead of every three years, which right. is what they had historically done, which, you know, that was a long time to wait as a fan. But now I'm thinking, oh, maybe you should have given it a couple extra years there. Well, they were trying to push out too much stuff at once. And I think ultimately, though, what they are missing, much like DC as well, to bring them into it, they need a, a, a Kevin uh, a Kevin Feige yep. to be the mastermind. Now, me personally, I vote Timothy Zahn. Bring him, Disney, hire him. Make him the keeper of the lore. So anything that comes through has to go through him. Like, this is the story. Awesome. That's a great episode seven. Where are you going to go with episodes eight and nine? We don't know yet. Well, come back to me when you do. Yeah. Because we're not launching this trilogy until you have at least the basic skeleton of the story. This is what we're doing here. We're going to hit this. We're going to hit this. We're going to hit this. And sure, you can add other stuff to it. But some of the stuff they did was just filler like the whole casino the casino scene and then freeing the animals and i i get what they're trying to do but symbolism here and there no and there weren't it wasn't the worst ideas right i think it was partly it was the execution partly it was the slowest car chase in the history of oh yeah cinema um and some of if you watch any of the uh the uh fight um, choreographer, like watching, I think there's a, an episode or two of uh, people, fight choreographers watching different fights on screen. Right. And they go through that big one that Ray and uh, Kylo, uh, had. Kylo had. And they're just like, they tear it apart because it's so bad. And the other thing which really bothered me, and once again might be an unpopular opinion, but the relationship that Rose and Finn had felt too forced. Oh. Now, had that the, the seeds been planted in episode eight and in nine it came to fruition, all about it. It just seemed she went they went so quick from I hate you, I don't trust you to to two days later I love you. I love you and I'm gonna die for you. Yeah. It just seemed too quick. Yeah. Were, like, okay, so we can pick it apart right. all day long. Absolutely. But yeah. Let's uh actually we're at the end of the first hour. Okay. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. Woo-hoo. It goes fast. I'm a joy to talk to. Let's play a song, and then we will come back and talk more with Ken Kardatsky of Full Frontal Nerdity. Let's go with some Shirley Bassey. Uh, This is the theme from Goldfinger on WPRK. Winter Park, Florida, you're listening to Odd Numbers. What is the first thing you think of when I say block party? Yes, people, bathing, dogs. That's right. Shampooch is coming up Sunday, September 29th, starting at 9 a.m. Food trucks, live music, dog washing, people washing dogs, not dog washing people, although that would be really cool. 
dump tanks, raffles, photo booths, all in Thornton Park and so much fun. This is a fundraiser. It's fun and it's a fundraiser. Who for? Local rescue organizations like this year's recipient, Poodle and Pooch Rescue. For over a decade, they've been doing this, the Shampooch, and have raised more than $100,000 for animal rescues. Now I know what you're thinking. Nick, what if I don't have a dog? Nick, you can go hang out with OPP, Other People's Puppies. That's right. I'm 64% sure that's what that song is about. Be down with OPP. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. To learn more about the time, the place, what you can do to help, look up Shampooch Orlando on Facebook and Instagram. Now back to the show. Two hours traffic on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was I Feel Naked Without My Cell, which is true. Have you ever gone outside, <laughs> Ken, without your cell and you're like, oh, what's happening? I mean, all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to Odd Numbers. Usually this would be to a certain degree, but this is more of the topics-based version of that. Odd Numbers is what I call it. Uh, my name is Nick. Did I say that already? Uh, maybe. Okay, great. And my very special guest this week is Ken Kardatsky of Full Frontal Nerdity Podcast and many other things. Thank you. Thank you. You have a life outside of your podcast and your show. Occasionally. Uh, every once in a while. Every once in a while. I get like out and have to, fun. I, I know that you, you work. Yep. You uh, do computer stuff. Yep. You like to cook. Oh, very much so. You have a puppy dog. Oh, yeah. A shadow. Ghost. That, oh, ghost. Yeah. Shadow. Uh, I'm thinking you're... Uh, uh, maybe Snake Eyes from... Well, no, he, he is my shadow. No matter where I go, he okay, has to follow good. me, but yeah. Good, good, good. And uh, yeah, so that's all I know about you. Okay, great. I'm glad we came up with that. Let's talk a little bit about a topic that I think is both near and dear to my heart and maybe yours as well, space. I love space. Are you familiar with it? Yes. Uh, space, for me, you were looking at me when you said you love it. Are you uh, looking for space away from me? No, I was looking for less space between us. Oh, great. Yes. Perfect. Yeah, this table is kind of bulky. Um, I think I mentioned this when we were going back and forth. Uh, Indie Galactic Space Jam. Yep. Are you familiar with this or were you familiar with this? Before I was not I... until you sent it to me. So and I looked over it a little bit. Yeah. So yes. this is a really cool event. It's happening the 26th through the 29th. And basically, it's one of those 48-hour deals. Right. So you have the 48-hour filmmaking uh, this is a 48-hour game jam. So people get together, they form groups, and they create a video game in 48 hours. Okay. Which we can do now because apparently we're in the future. Right. You couldn't do that back oh, no, when no. you and I were kids. And, uh, yeah, so if you want to find out more about it, IndieGalacticSpaceJam.com. The idea is that you get together on Friday night, you pitch an idea if you have one, or you just form a team and you don't have to be a coder necessarily. They're looking for people uh, in, who know about space, for example. Uh, coding, video production, art and design, PR and promotion. So you can go there and figure that out. But I wanted to see, did you have any ideas that we could pitch to them for some? Normally, this would be bad business ideas. But right. I thought we'd do this instead is pitch some ideas for space-related video games. I mean, most the problem is that most of the video games I would pitch yeah. would probably be a spinoff of something else that I've already played. And I think that's fine because I was thinking about it from the uh, perspective of where, where I started first coming about it was sort of a 
what if we had a space hookup app, like a Tinder, but for okay. space? Okay. They would, they would, so part of the point of this is to teach people about space exploration right. and what's going on and, you know, what the deal is with other planets and things of that nature. That would actually be a really, so you could do almost a where in the world is Carmen San Diego meets Leisure Suit Larry yeah. meets space. Yeah. So okay. in, its, in its very simplest form, it could be you're a spaceship or you're a planet, right? Okay. And so you have to match up with the atmosphere. You know, is it hydrogen-based? Is it, uh, is it uh, oxygen-based? Like, what is the type of atmosphere for me to be able to breathe? Okay. And so you can explore different planets that way and figure out if that's a connection of any kind. Right. So uh, a game I would love to see a remake of, and it doesn't have to be the same. Do you remember back in like the 80s, maybe early 90s, Sim Earth? Oh, yeah. I want a game like that again because now you could do so much more with it. Mm -hmm. You could do, you know, okay, well, you build up this many credits, and now we're going to crash an ice, uh, an ice uh, comet into the planet. Now you have liquids on there and stuff like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Slowly try to terraform it. Naturally, if you will, yeah. To it, maybe not even naturally. Like you have the evolution to kind of see the evolution and terraform a planet. Now, there's a game that kind of does that now. It's but very on the simplest. It's called Surviving Mars. Oh, okay. Um, so the beginning was just basically you get on Mars and you have to build a society and stuff like that that is sustainable and profitable enough because you have to send rare Martian minerals and stuff back to Earth to help. You know, basically, it needs to be self-sustainable. Well, in the more recent release, they've done the Green Planet, which is now you're terraforming Mars. Takes a while, but eventually, you know, you can start to, and as you start to terraform it, it becomes easier because you now you have this area in one part of the, the Martian planet that now actually has microbes and stuff. So it's producing carbon dioxide or producing oxygen. So the next part, you try to change that, and it progresses. So eventually now you can get grass and then trees and things like that, so... I like that idea. Maybe it's, you know, just kind of the science nerd in me and stuff like that, but that would be kind of cool. I think that would be pretty neat. So the idea wouldn't be so much. What I like about it, too, is you're not competing for something. Right. You're just sort of exploring. Right. Right. Um, I was also thinking about, you know, some of the video games that really affected me or that I still remember, like I want to go back and play, are from the Sega Genesis. Okay. So I loved Nintendo. Yep. Uh, on both sides of the 90s, like back in the 80s, and then now with um, Smash Brothers yeah. and, uh, you know, any of that stuff. And now that it's the Switch, it's just like there's so many cool things to do on it. Um, love Xbox, love first-person shooters, Halo, and going back to um, GoldenEye. But some of the games I remember playing the most was on my Sega Genesis okay. when I was in high school and yep. went to college. And there was one called Powerball, which was sort of a cross between rugby and football and it wasn't robots it, it wasn't robots okay. you were but they were armored and okay. it was each nation was playing each other and what was neat about it is it was enhanced so you could spin and tackle somebody knock the ball out and then pick it up and you try to run it in for a goal or okay. throw it in for a goal that sort of thing but what was neat about it is there was a lot of running and jumping so i thought that you could do that basically any kind of rugby or right. soccer but in different gravities and on different planets to showcase a little bit of the unique natures of what different planets might look like. So it's not quite the same, but have you ever played, um, well, why am I forgetting this? Uh, 
it's the video game. Uh, the cars are playing basically soccer against each other. Oh yeah, uh, and I can't remember it either. It's gonna drive me because nuts. people yeah. right now are yelling at me. Um, well, but they're yelling. Technically, they're yelling at the radio. True. Um, <laughs> Rocket League. That's Thank it. Rocket you. League. But that's kind of it. Where you know you you, you have lower you gravity adjust. and things like that. Yeah. And yeah, 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 that's a good call. So I think another cool game would be because we were talking off air about our both of our loves for Doctor Who, something like that where you're kind of a Doctor Who meets where in the world is Karma San Diego, I guess if you will. You you're in the TARDIS and you just end up on this planet and you have to figure out why you're on this planet because you know not he doesn't always go where he wants to go. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the TARDIS takes him where he needs to go. So it'd be kind of cool to say, okay, well, it's kind of an exploratory type thing, and you're on all these different worlds, and you got to, you know, figure out what's going on and why you need to be there. So I think that would be kind of cool, but eventually, I think th- there may not be that much replayability, though, and that is one of the I, problems. It could be episodic, though. Yeah. Right. Like there's some video games out there that are a little bit like that, where yeah, there's not much replayability. I was thinking about that too for a version of uh, Smuggler's Run that's out at oh, uh, yeah, Star Wars yeah. Galaxy's Edge. So if you're not familiar, I haven't been out there yet, but from what I understand, you get on the Millennium Falcon and you have uh, three people with you and each one of you has a specific role to play. Right. So there's a pilot, co-pilot, engineer, and gunner, let's say. Um, but it's sort of a... You know, it's a little bit of you're on a track. So even if you don't do the right. thing, you're so press the button you're supposed to press, you're still gonna win or whatever. But I thought it would be fun to do that with a property like Firefly. So okay. you could be, you know, one of the different characters like the sarcastic pilot or the sweet engineer or the escort that's for some reason on the ship. She, it, she gets them into places that they couldn't normally get well, into. I'm just, I, that's kind of the role I want to play. There you go. Yeah, on some level. Uh, another thing, and so again, this is for Indie Galactic Space Jam, but one of the things I wanted to go back to was this sort of idea of the episode. I read this weekend, I've, I've been fascinated with the video game Death Stranding. So this is coming out next year. It's got uh, I'm Norman. with it. Yeah, it's got Norman Reedus. Oh, you know what? No, yeah, no, no. So I do know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. it looks bizarro. Right. It's this alternate future... There are spirits everywhere. It's not too different from a lot of video games that are out there. But what was interesting about it is it's got a very easy mode. So, you know, you get the normal mode, right. you get the hard mode. But very easy is for the casual gamer who basically just wants to get through the storyline because uh, the gentleman who is um, putting it together, and I can't remember his name. I'm looking at this while I'm trying to talk to you. And is it working? Am I talking? Am I even making sense? <laughs> you know how you get that way yeah. when you're trying to look up stuff. But anyway, so the guy who does it is very famous for doing the Metal Gear Solid uh, video games. Sure. And they're very cinematic in nature. But he almost has created this you know, movie, this cinematic experience that he wants people to get into even if you don't like to play video games. So, for example, the character is going to pack stuff. If you play video games for any amount of time, you carry a lot of stuff around in yep. video games, and yet you don't have to pack it anymore. You've got a magical pack, or yeah. you've got a magical this, that, or the other thing. Magical just appears. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, in this one, you won't have that. You will actually have to be uh, putting stuff on your body, on the character's body, and you will adjust your center of gravity accordingly. Oh. So I don't want to play that game. Right. 
that's not for me. That's as a casual gamer. I don't have a lot of time. I don't want to sit there and literally figure out how much stuff I can pack and where it should go. Right. What I want to do is basically just because I used to like watching people play Resident Evil. That was my jam. Like I, you, I would love to, you know, maybe be the um, uh, what are you, the backseat driver for right. a Resident <laughs> Evil person. I don't want to get the jump scares. I want to be there and help you solve the puzzle. And uh, but the idea of not having to do that, just packing the stuff up and saying, okay, I have to go from here to here, and then this will happen, and then here to here, and this will happen. I kind of like that idea of that experience. What did what is your take on that? It was the first time I heard of something like this. So me personally, it's not a game for me. Yeah. But I honestly, now that now that I'm thinking about it, I can see the. I can see the uh, why people would want to play it because so many people now I, I they watch people play the games on YouTube mm-hmm. or on Twitch. They don't want to play the games themselves. They want to watch someone else play. I watch a walkthrough every once in a while just to see, or an old game that I used to like to play right. that maybe I never finished. But I mean, my nephews and niece, a lot of times they will they're they're all about watching someone else play a game instead of them playing it themselves. I'm like, why wouldn't you want to pick up the controller and play it yourself? I'm like, like that's old people stuff. I'm like, okay, but so this might appeal to a younger audience that truly just wants mm-hmm. the cinematic of it. You know, maybe maybe have that dialogue tree that sure you can out you can choose the outcome of the story a little bit, but you're not having to go through all these fights and things like that. So I can see the allure of it. I mean, it's not for me, but I could see why maybe someone would want to play it. Oh, it's not dissimilar to that um, Netflix Black Mirror yes. show that just came yeah. out where you could choose your own adventure, sort of. Yeah. And they've done a couple of things like that. There was one, I first one I saw, believe it or not, was uh, it was either Shrek or Puss in Boots. And it was around the holidays, and my nephews and niece were visiting, so we kind of watched it. And you, know, you say, okay, do you want to go down the path to the left or the path to the right? And then... Okay. It was pretty smart in the fact that it says, okay, you've run this dialogue out. Would you like to go back to where, you know, basically go back to make the yeah. left? And now, you you know, you there's only options down here that you haven't done, so you can see them all. Right, right, It's right. kind of interesting. Some, maybe not as much, but, you know. I wonder if, too, part of the culture has shifted for gamers, and it has, but uh, I'm wondering if it has to do with sort of the um, the ease of the nature of the um, uh, phone games and tablet games, right? Like, I don't have to invest a lot of time in a video game anymore. Like, I I know I'm not going to spend 100 hours on World of Warcraft or Skyrim or something like that. It definitely has lowered attention spans, Mm -hmm. you know, because phones, I can get on there and play two or three games of Angry Birds or, you know, a couple couple things on Homescapes, and it doesn't affect me. Now, there's other games, like I love, uh, I've been replaying The Witcher 3. Yep. That is a... I got to commit hours to, yeah. you know I mean? I sure I can jump on and just get from one town to the next in 20 minutes or 10 minutes, whatever you want to say, but, but to solve everything, but to get, to really get some stuff accomplished, you got to put in a couple hours to it. Um, so let me ask you for that. If there was a very easy mode for that one where you were more, okay, there's some challenging things, but they're, you know, for the most part, you're just playing through the game just to see what it is. So I normally will play at, at the minimum, just normal level. Unless now when I was renting games back when that was the thing, you know, 16,000 videos, Blockbuster, things like that, and I had the game for two days, oh, I'm going easy because I'm yeah. like, I'm going to beat this game in two days. 
And if I beat it, sure, I'll maybe replay it again on harder. But if I own the game, I want to have the challenges. I want to have that type of stuff. Now, have there been times where I dropped the, the difficulty to easy and then raise it back up to normal? Sure, I'd be lying if I did. Because there are certain times you just get put in a corner and you're like, I can't you beat this figure guy. It out. Yeah. I can't beat this guy. I'm too low of a level to beat him at this point, but I also can't leave. I'm at a point where I can't go back because I saved too many times in the dungeon or whatever it is, and I can't. I don't have a save before the dungeon, so I can't leave. I feel like that's a good T-shirt. I've saved too many times in the dungeon. <laughs> People will know. People yeah. will see that and go, yeah, oh, I've been there. I mean, I had that the first time I played Final Fantasy VII was I went towards the, the final boss battle way too soon. But I had saved everything past the point of no return. And I was like, I can't beat this. I just can't. And eventually there was maybe a cheat code that gave me some some help and sure. made it doable because, you know, I, I want to see the end of the game. I want to get that. Yeah. I'm a, what they call a completionist or a, also a, um, what is that? Award, like you know, I, I have to get all the the different awards and different uh, accomplishment achievement. Oh, you have to do a hundred percent. Not always. Okay. Depends on the game. So the game that broke me on that was uh, Batman: Arkham Knight. Oh yeah, there was a ton in that, right? And there were some like in the older ones, you had the Riddler puzzles were pretty doable. Some of these in the new the newest one, you got to jump out of your car while throwing batarangs in the right order, and then it was just impossible, virtually impossible to get done consistently yeah so maybe i get lucky and do it but it would take me an hour to get this one and there was like 500 of these joker riddler joke joker puzzles and finally i was like i can't know i'm done i can't do this anymore i'll just go online and see what it unlocks with somebody else right i mean the problem is that a lot of times is you had to beat the game with 100 percent to go back and replay the game starting out from you know minute one with everything because that's what i wanted to do i wanted to replay sure. with a fully loaded Batman, not a Batman that it's like, oh, I'm learning. I'm learning. Let me, uh, here, here's a battering. No, I want to wake up right away and be like, okay, I have every weapon that Batman could possibly have and have fun with this. But yeah, I don't know. So an Arkham, a new Arkham comes out, a new Witcher comes out, and there's a very easy mode. And you're like, I don't have a lot of time. I just kind of want to know what happens in the storyline. I guess, the, I guess the question is, Will they ever come out with a video game for you that the storyline is so important that you would do that? It, it's one hundred percent possible. Okay, um, but they haven't yet. Wait, I'm, but it's still. I guess games back in the Nintendo days were hard, so that's what I was used to. I mean, there were games that short, shorter when the Game Genie came out, mm. you couldn't beat. You couldn't beat the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. It was just a eventually. There were certain levels that were meant to just drain all your lives. So when you get to the next, I mean, you'd have to basically play it perfect. And no one can play that long perfect. Or so, the average person can't. Very can. few. Very yeah. few. So because it wasn't the thing of nowadays where I feel like everyone has to be a winner. You know, like, oh, well, you know, you played. It's good enough. No, you, I mean, to beat certain levels or certain games, like you had to be that guy that that's just the way your brain worked. You know, like what was the um, the Pac-Man kill screen? Oh yeah. Like if you get to the point where basically you filled up all the memory of the game, yeah, it just to be able to get to that, it freaks out, it, yeah, and then it just 
that's the kill screen. That just basically means that you are amazing. The best. Yeah, the best. I've never been there. Yeah. I have, I've never been that guy because some people just know they're like, okay, um, this is the pattern of this. And I'm very good at patterns, but I've never been there with when it comes to like that type of stuff. Yeah. But I like the idea of the very easy mode for Pac-Man so you can see all the, the cut screens and find out exactly what the story is. Right. I mean, why, no, I'm just kidding. why is Pac-Man chasing the ghosts and why are they why? chasing him back? Exactly. Why does fruit make him so much uh, strong? Or no, what, what, it's not fruit, it's is it? It's power thing. Yeah. The, yeah the, what the is the it? Fruit is what are bonus. those power pellets made of? Yeah. I mean, I want to know like the scientific breakdown of what they're made of. Know. It's obviously a big exorcist type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Speaking of exorcist... Well, we're going to have Simon Time on here in a minute. Okay. I'm not sure how that really relates, but uh, he, we've got a pop quiz for you. Oh, okay. This is gonna be, if it's anything like the show I was on on him, yep. it's going to be tough. All right. Very good. It is right. tough. I've already listened to the uh, questions. But let's play a song. This is one that you picked out, the Italo Brothers or Italo Brothers? Yeah, Italo, or Italo Brothers. Okay. Stamp on the ground. Yep. This is to get you in the mood yep. for trivia. Get me pumped up. Okay, good. On right. WPRK? You're listening to Odd Numbers. Coming up on the show, October and November are months, true or false? Correct. This is the part of the commercial where we have audience participation. The last two guests of October and the first two guests of November all host or co-host shows of their own. On October 21st, Chantal Watts of... That's right, Full Frontal Nerdity. You are correct. October 28th, our Halloween episode with Emily Fontano from The Hilarious. Uh, uh, Amanda and Emily, we have a podcast. Robin Hoffman is on November 4th. You know her from Chat With Me on the Side and other things, but that's her show. Last and certainly not least, Allison Steedle will be stealing me and making her radio debut on November 18th. She's part of Offcuts. You're doing so good at this. Subscribe to the podcast and listen live if you want. Now back to the show. The Italo Brothers on WPRK. Winter Park, Florida. Stamp on the ground to get us in the mood for trivia. Good morning. My name is Nick. I'm here every week from 7 to 9. This week, my very special guest, Ken Kardatsky. Good morning, Ken. Morning. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so glad you're going to be doing trivia. Normally, this is how trivia would work. You get five right mm-hmm. out of the five. Uh, we would be best friends for the week. Two, three, four, we're still the same level of friends. One or fewer, which would be zero, we become bitter enemies. Okay. But because you're you and I'm me, I'm going to say three is the minimum you need to get to not be my minim- my right. bitter enemy for the week. Oh, whoa, okay. So yeah. you're raising it. I thought you were alone at like three. We're going to be best friends all Oh, week. no, 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 no. So either way, we become best friends or bitter enemies. What I need is your agenda. Okay. I need to know everywhere you're going to be over the next week, when you're going to be there, how long, you know, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Um, also allergies. I will need to know all of your allergies. Okay. Uh, again, 
If I'm your best friend, I want to avoid those things. If I'm your bitter enemy, maybe I want to introduce a few of those things into your repertoire. Uh, I absolutely hate peanut butter, uh, peanut butter and uh, Reese's. So definitely do not bring those around me at any given oh, time. Oh, you're allergic to those? No, actually, I love it to death. But I just figured <laughs> give you some stuff. I that know I, some yeah. reverse psychology. Yeah. So uh, you're already being fatalistic. Don't be. Okay. So Simon Time is here to give you the questions. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's do this. Simon, take it away. Hey, hey, Nick, this is Simon Time, and I got word that you've got my buddy Kenny K in the studio from Full Frontal Nerdity. So here are five nerdy-related questions for you guys to feed your brains. Question number one. In the year 1951, Newsweek magazine reported on what popular new term being used in Detroit, Michigan as a synonym for drip or square? Geek? Drip or square? Geek? Geek, I guess. You going to go with that one? I'll go. Yes, I'm going with geek. Okay. The answer is the word nerd. Huh. Oh, my God. Huh. What's the name of your show? Full Frontal Nerdity. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Very good. So one wrong oh, so this far. Starting. I, I figured it was too easy of a question. Like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I did kind of psych you out. So I, I kind of figured this questions. was a... Uh, you know, like, at least when I listen to a show, if it's one point, I know that if it's an easy question, then I know it's an easy question. Yeah. If that was a five-pointer, then I'd be like, it's definitely not nerd. It's definitely not nerd. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. Okay. Here we go. Number two. Jason Siegel and Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Harvey Keitel in Bad Lieutenant, and Jay Davidson in The Crying Game all have what in common? So those three movies... Okay, so I, I know Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Harvey Keitel in... Uh, the Bad Lieutenant. Bad Lieutenant, and then... The Crying Game actor. Simon, you're killing me here, buddy. Uh, I'm about to have a mortal enemy here. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say the month that they were born. The month that they were born. I, I, I got nothing. I don't know. <laughs> Do you remember anything about uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Yes, very much so. Okay. I love that movie. Yeah. So what was, uh, there was there was something about Jason Siegel in that that he did that was he pretty was surprising. A, he was a musical, he did musicals about uh, Dracula. Uh, yes, uh, puppets yeah. related. There was something else that he did that was more about him than necessarily his character. Something he did about him that was more about it. I mean, he went to Hawaii to, to follow... Yeah, no, so in the movie, it was before that. I, oh my God, this is, okay, I'm going to go just based on the crying game, is that he dressed up like a woman. All right. I, I guess that's what I'm going All right, with. For and the Harvey Keitel did that in The Bad Lieutenant as well. I guess so, I don't okay. know. All right. They have all been privy to full frontal nudity. <laughs> I wish I could describe oh. Ken's face right now. I should have taken I should have done the reaction shot for that one. That was, that Simon, was I am so sorry, buddy. Just just one more time, the name of your show. Uh, it is uh, Quaint, uh, A Quaint Hour with Ken. <laughs> All right, so that's two wrong. Okay. So one more wrong. And, okay, I, I'm afraid of needles, so Bitter I'll hear that enemies. right now. I, I actually know that from listening to your show. I'm scared now. 
Question number three is an SAT-style question, guys. Red Dead Revolver is to Red Dead Redemption as Chain Mail is to... Okay, Red Dead Revolver is to Red, Red Dead, Dead Redemption, Redemption as Chain Mail is to... So... Uh, these are probably so simple right it's now. It's something that you're you're very interested in. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna say Dungeons and Dragons would be my guess. Okay, well, let's see if you're right. One of my favorite pastimes. The answer: Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, thank God! Very nice. Very nice. All right. Oh my God! One right. Two more to go. I know. Let's see what you got. For question number four, who? is the commander of the Death Star in Rogue One and Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Oh, Grand Moff, Tark Grand Moff Tarkin. The answer, speaking volumes about how nerdy I am, one of my favorite characters, Grand Moff Tarkin. Ah, oh, thank God. All right, good character. So this is it. This is Okay, this it all comes down to this. I think you did this on purpose. I'll be no, honest No, no, I did not. <laughs> you created this drama right now. So, to, cards on the table. Uh, I completely forgot that Jason Siegel had did the the full frontal. Sure, Harvey Keitel. I thought he did that in the piano, not in Bad Lieutenant. Or I no. think he just. I actually and then, and he then, does that. He shoots that for every movie he's in. And sure, you know yeah. the 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 uh, crying game. I did expect that, but I was overthinking it. I think I'm used to his questions always being like, <laughs> and the first one truly, I just I thought it was too easy of an answer to yep. to go with. So, all right, let's do this. Okay, here we go. And finally, let's wrap things up on a little animation nerdy trivia. What was Walt Disney's original name for Mickey Mouse before his wife convinced him to change it? Oh, my God, I know this, and I don't know this at the same time. Oh, it's one of those. Oh, it's something so simple, too, and they even poke fun at it. Oh. Interesting. Struggling. Thinking about things. Mickey Mouse. People are yelling at their radios right now. Okay, this is so wrong, but I'm going to go like Reginald. Reginald. It's so wrong. Interesting. Interesting choice. Yep. The answer, still alliterative, Mortimer Mouse was the answer. Uh. And those have been our five nerdy questions. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Simon. Uh, Simon Time, of course, you can find him on PFT Media for his show. Ken was just on recently and obviously didn't do too well on that. Yes, that's true. You can also find him on Facebook, Simon Time Trivia. Look that up. He does trivia seven nights a week. Something like that, yeah. Former professional wrestler. Maybe still wrestles on occasion. I think he still does occasionally. Yeah. And he'll do parties and special events for you, um, either wrestling or trivia. Yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting. He'll I, wrestle you while he trivias you. Yeah. Uh, come to my birthday party and wrestle me. That's what I want for my birthday. There you go. Simon. And it's your birthday this week. Correct. Uh, Wednesday is my birthday. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. Ken, we'll be right back. Uh, All right. Let's play another song. All right. All right. And this will be uh, They're Just Ghosts by Motion Blur. This Sweet. This is another one of your picks. Yep. On WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, you're listening to Odd Numbers. Maker Fair Orlando is back for the fall and it's back at the Central Florida Fairgrounds on November 9th and 10th. If you're a maker, and by that I mean you're an artist, 
an engineer, a tinkerer, a hobbyist with a passion project who wants to share it with an audience. We need you. Apply to be there. And we will need volunteers as well. Last year, we had over 200 volunteers helping out. We can always use more. Sign up for email updates at makerfairorlando.com. That's fair with an E. Now back to the show. Motion blur on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was, they're just ghosts. That's all they are. They're just ghosts, Pac-Man. Don't be so scared. (laughs) Good morning. My name is Nick. I do this every week on WPRK, and then I turn it into a podcast. If you missed any of this or any other episodes, you can find To a Certain Degree on your podcast app or go to toacertaindegree.com. And speaking of wonderful podcasts, well, I was speaking about my own podcast, but now I'm going to translate or transition to a wonderful podcast called Full Frontal Nerdy. And the man behind the main mic on that show is here, Ken Kardatsky. What's happening? Oh, man, I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so sorry it's almost over. Uh, I know. We're, we're close to the end. Yeah, and we're close now. We're yeah. closer. Well, I mean, of course, mortal, enemy, mortal enemies are now closer than ever because you have right. to know all my... I, uh, mortal enemies are just as intimate <coughs> as our dearest lovers. Exactly. You well, just know great. you just know the things I dislike opposed to the things I like. Well, I think I still know the things that you like. I'm just not going to give any of those to you. Oh, fair enough. Because I'm your mortal enemy. Okay. Uh, so a lot of needles coming your way this week. Ooh, you're going to see a so lot of tears. Just be ready for that. If you had a... Okay, so we talked about Black Widow mm-hmm. earlier. If you had your druthers, and I'm not sure what those are, but I would imagine it, it required 50 to $150 million. Mm-hmm. You could make a backstory movie for any MCU character. Who would it be? Or who would your, like, picks be? So right now, uh, Heimdall from Thor. Yep. And if you Played by Idris Elba. Right. If you hear his story, how he's created, not the best origin story, mm-hmm. but more... So not exactly his creation, but as uh, what he did... Cause he can see, you know, he can see and basically hear anything across the universe. I mean, he's almost as powerful as Thor and everyone else. He just chooses to serve opposed to go out know, and be a hero. Go out and be a hero. And he, because he technically is a son of Odin. Oh, okay. They I don't cover that, that in the MCU, yeah. but Odin ends up impregnating, I think, three giants. Sure. Or no, sorry, eight giants. Oh, yeah. And all of those babies come together to form Heimdall. Oh, that's so. That's a weird origin, like his original origin. But so he's that, an octuplet merged into one, something like that. Ooh, so that's I mean, that's weird. the Greek origin of it. I'm not or sure the that's Norse. or the Norse. Sorry, the, yeah. the Norse origin of it. Um, but I think it would be some kind of cool, like, what did he do before that? What did he do with it? You know, like he has all these powers, and before, like, I can't imagine someone that powerful would just instinctively be like. I choose to serve. I'm going to help everybody out. Normally he'd be like, I'm going to go do my own thing. And maybe something happened in his past that made him say, it's better to to be the watcher, the protector of the land than to worry about my own thing. Yeah. So after that, I mean, the other one is it's green lit. Obi-Wan. I'm excited about Obi-Wan. Okay. Yeah. And they have Ewan McGregor coming back. So I'm super excited about that one. And this will be after in between uh, episode three, episode and three four. and four. Okay, so so some of his adventures out there. Correct. Um, 
you know, they can't either can't touch too much on Luke because if all of a sudden the Empire finds out that Luke exists, then why did they keep him there? Yeah. But I don't so know. So are you nervous, excited, or are you just excited? In this case, I'm just excited because I love I love Ewan as Obi Wan. Yeah. It's a completely untapped market. And sure, there is some stuff you can't touch, but there's a lot of stuff you can. You know, they can play a lot of stuff in the background. Like there's a lot of gap, like twenty years or something like that that mm-hmm. they can play with. Not much written about it that's technically canon. So I think there's some cool stuff they can do, you know, they can do with him and I think it would be pretty awesome. It'd be fun, and not to spoil anything, but in one of the cartoons, and I can't remember which one it was, if it was Star Wars Rebels or it was Clone Wars, um, they did feature him uh, quite a bit, and they actually brought back uh, Darth Maul. Yes. As they did in Solo, the movie. In Clone Wars, he was definitely back. So that's... um, He was back, he had the robotic legs, and that was kind of the tip of the hat in the beginning was that you saw the robotic feet and then they panned up to see him. Yep. But I think it's, that all still is kind of, if it's Clone Wars, that should all be pre-3. Yeah, so that should be done by now. Right, I mean, that should all be done by now. But you see a lot of stories and then you have uh, his, or not his, uh, Anakin's Padawan, who, uh, uh, I want to say Usaka, but that's not it. It's but it's pretty close. Ahsoka. To Ahsoka, yeah. Yeah, she's a great character. And as far as I remember, now granted, I think there's one been one more season, but as far as I remember, she's still alive. She has a thing where she faces Vader. <coughs> not to get too into it, but yeah. I think that um, they, they there's enough mystery about what happens to her that she could still be around. Right. So I would kind of be cool with them bringing her back in because her and Obi Wan were pretty cool. Yep. So. Ewan McGregor has aged a little bit since episode three, but that's fine. You can do 15 years later. Now, you know, he's 15 years older. She's 15 years older. So now she's an adult. And instead of like a young Padawan, like, well, she's still technically a Padawan, but you know what I'm saying? Like they could go on adventures together and things like that. And I mean, Luke only needs so much protecting. He's a little kid. I mean, how do Luke just drink your blue milk and fix the condensers? Yeah. Shut up. God, Luke, such a baby. All the such time. a baby. I did want to see um, a little bit more. I, I think it was uh, played up at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy with the Ravagers. Oh, yeah. I, I just want to see those guys just go out and being just ridiculous and committing crimes and I things like that. Sylvester he, Stallone in space? Yes, please. Well, that was a tip to the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Like he, some of the some of the Ravagers were the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah, like Yondu. Yeah, like Yondu yep. and uh, whatever Sylvester Stallone's character is. Yep. Some of them were the original the originals, and now you're seeing the new ones with uh, Star Lord and things like that. Mm-hmm. And even since then, now the new Guardians of the Galaxy are insane. You have like uh, uh, wasn't Captain Marvel with them? Maybe Captain Marvel in the comics. We're talking in the about comics. Yeah. You have uh. I think the thing was out there for a while, maybe, and a few others. Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing the lineup, and I was like, "Okay." I was like, "Well, at this point, Star Lord is just way out of his like everyone else is like an Omega level or has like a really cool power, and he's yeah. just a he's a smart, smart talker person. dude." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost said something bad there. Yeah. All right. Well, we have to wrap it up. Okay. So, full frontal nerdity. Where can people find out more about that? So, Full Frontal Nerdy, you can find us uh, anywhere. You can find us on Facebook if you search Full Frontal Nerdy Show. Uh, you can find me, FFN Show, on Twitter. Uh, you can email the show with any questions, fullfrontalnerdyshow at gmail.com. 
uh, anywhere podcasts are played, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, um, Overcast, Boxcast, all those different casts and stuff like that. If there's a new one, I'll try my best to get it on there. Mastcast is all sailing related podcasts. Right. So they actually actually rejected rejected mine. Yeah. Uh, They said that if we ever do a sailing episode, yes, we can get that one particular episode on, but everything else, no, no good. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, it, we're, we're, we're kind of a, we're a nerd comedy type show. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, you know, sometimes we do hit some, some subjects and things like that are a little bit more serious, but you know, it just kind of goes with the flow of the flow of the show. Fun to listen to, good to listen to on a drive or just at home when you're doing other things. Um, and I would highly recommend it. And I think that, uh, yeah, just a year and a half in and you guys are growing exponentially. Thank you. And so just expect about a 30% jump in your quality of life after being on this show. So congratulations. Well, I, I'm actually going with 20 because now there were mortal enemies. Some of the people might become mortal enemies with you and, you know. Uh, it could be. Yeah. It could be. That's a good point. All right. Uh, Indie Galactic Space Jam. I just want to mention that yep. again. That's coming up on the 26th through the 29th. So maybe we can go down there and pitch some of our sure. ideas that were really Really good. The other thing I wanted to mention that's coming up, I think maybe that same weekend, yeah, September 29th from 9 to 4, if you're not going to be at Indie Space Jam, Shampooch, Orlando. This is a great event. They closed down uh, Thornton Park, Yep. Uh, the block there. There's food trucks. There's vendors. But then they wash, I think last year they washed 300 dogs. So this is a fundraiser for, I think it is, uh, let's see, which one are they doing this year? It's for a dog-related Poodle and Pooch Animal Rescue. Okay. And so they do that every year. So the 12 years they've been doing this, they've raised over $100,000. So really good event. And so uh, if I don't see you at Indie Galactic Space Jam, I'll probably see you. I would guess there. I'm probably going to be there with Ghost. Yeah. And uh, maybe we could put you in the dunk tank. I mean, I'm okay with that too. All right. So we'll do that for sure. Uh, if you, We'll shake hands, but instead of shaking hands, we'll just fist bump because I think that makes for good radio. Yep. Ken Kardatsky, thank you so much. We're going to turn it over to the Orlando Theater Hour here in a second. I'll be back next week with Jordan Ostroff from the Jordan Law Firm. And, uh, yeah, until then, keep listening to WPRK. Keep listening to Full Frontal Nerdity. And we'll end it with, let's see here, why not Nouvelle Vague, a cover of Blue Monday, (laughs) since it is Monday, on WPRK, Warner Park, Florida, You've been listening to Odd Numbers. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to Odd Numbers, episode 24. Where do you go from here? Tell your friends, families, and neighbors about how great this show is. Also visit toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A, certaindegree.com. Just a reminder that this episode and every episode is recorded live on WPRK. 91.5 FM. You can listen every Monday at 7 a.m. on your radio or streaming on the internet at WPRK.org. And that's when the shows are at their peak freshness. Thanks for listening. I'll certainly miss our little talks.